I've been looking forward to being in the building and actually uh, seeing all of your faces. Since, since January, your church has been supporting me, and I'm so thankful for that. And I'm glad I get to actually uh, share with you who I am and what, what I'm a part of and what God has um, planned for me to do. So uh, my name is Emily Davis. I'm 21 years old, and I actually... I'm from Alabama. I grew up in Clanton, or around Clanton most of my life. And three years ago, I moved to Oklahoma to be a part of Global Ventures. Um, if you could play or show that first picture. Um, the first picture that you'll see is a picture of John and Martine Smithwick. They are the founders of Global Ventures. And they actually started Global Ventures 20, 22 years ago, 1998. Yes, the same year that I was born, so I think that's a pretty cool coincidence. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've, I've been in Oklahoma for three, you can go to that next picture. I've lived in Oklahoma for three years. I've been a part of Global Ventures. It's a nonprofit missions organization, and they have an internship program that I've been a part of. Um, it's a three-year program, and I'm graduating on August 20th. Um, but this program, it, it trains you, yeah. <laughs> Uh, it trains you how to be an effective um, soul winner, a leader, how to, um, just, it trains you uh, about the behind the scenes of ministry and how, what it takes to be a missionary. And I'm so thankful for everything that I've learned. Um, I've had the opportunity to take part in seven uh, missions projects, seven missions trips, and um, I normally get to do three to four a year. Um, so these are some pictures from what we do overseas. Um, we do street ministry. Um, the second uh, middle picture up there is us laying hands on people. We lay hands on the sick and we see them recover. We see automatic results. We uh, do children's ministry. We have crusades. We also have water filters. And um, we also give out um, follow-up material for um, children and for even for adults um, so that way they have something to learn from whenever we leave. Um, so my specific role at Global Ventures is uh, a GV missionary, a Global Ventures missionary. And right now I'm in our creative department. I take our, a lot of our pictures, most of our pictures, I'm on our film team. I also do a lot of our social media and I, um, I make a lot of our graphics, our uh, graphic design. I love being in this role at Global Ventures because it helps, it helps other people see what, we're, what we do. If you can go to that next picture. <clears throat> this is a picture of me preaching at a school in the Philippines this fall. Uh, this is, uh, you'd really have to be there or do it yourself to experience what it really feels like, but it's an amazing opportunity. We go to the next one. And um, this is me preaching at a crusade in Bangladesh. Um, thousands of people, and most of these people had never heard about Jesus before. We go to the next one. Uh, this is in Bangladesh also. I have a camera in my hands, and um, this lady was letting me take her picture. So this is what I love to do. Um, <clears throat> I remember being in high school, uh, my senior year, you know, in your senior year, everyone wants to know, what are you going to do after you graduate? And, or what do you want to be when you grow up, basically? And I would say, well, I 
I want to be a missionary, but I also want to be a photographer. I want to do something with media because God has given me that ability. And it didn't make sense how it was going to happen. But um, then I heard about Global Ventures. I heard about the core program, their internship. And that's exactly, um, it's exactly what God wanted me to do. I remember stepping into the building of Global Ventures in Oklahoma with my dad. We were going to visit, and it just it felt like the right place. And even three years after that, uh, it feels, I know for sure that's where I'm supposed to be. Um, yeah, so we go to the next one. So um, I know for sure that, well, the reason I love taking pictures is because it helps helps everyone see um, what we do, it helps people see uh, the lost. Um, this picture was actually taken when I was in Bangladesh in one of our vans um, heading to our next ministry opportunity. And um, there's just so many people in this one street. And today I want to speak to you about reaching the lost. And um, I want to share about the need. Um, and I want to, so the title is Sense of Urgency. Uh, most of the time when we think of a sense of urgency, we might think of like getting to the next place quickly, or um, I don't know about you, but sometimes maybe there'll be someone walking in front of you that's going slow, and you're thinking, I wish they would have a sense of urgency, or even when you're driving somewhere, like on our way to church this morning, there's some cars in front of us who are driving slow, and I wish that they had had a sense of urgency. Uh, well... Another way we could have a sense of urgency is a sense of urgency to reach the lost. Um, will you go to the next? <clears throat> so why should we have a sense of urgency to reach the lost? Well, number one is because um, we have been commanded. So if you will, can you turn to Matthew 28 with me? I'm going to be reading out of the New Living Translation. So uh, Matthew 28, verse 18 says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And will you go to the next slide? <clears throat> oh, I'm sorry. Will you go back one? Sorry. Um, so, yeah, in this verse... This is the Great Commission. I'm sure many of you, probably all of you, have heard this verse before. But I love this verse because he, he's not just talking to the disciples here. He's talking to all believers. And he didn't name just one disciple. He said, therefore, go. Um, and the, the understood subject there is you. So he's saying, you go into all the earth and make disciples. And then he also backed this up with a promise. He said that be, you can be sure of this. I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. So as we go out and share the gospel with people, um, because we have this command, we also have a promise. So we know that God will be with us wherever we go and who, with whoever we share with. Um, 
And also, this was this was God Jesus's last words before he went up into heaven. I think that if this is someone's last words, <clears throat> that we should pay attention to it. Um, last words should be lasting words. I'm going to get this water bottle real fast. Thank you. Um, and the next, uh, will you go to the next slide? So number two, why should we have a sense of urgency is because there is a need. Um, in, <clears throat> in Matthew 28, it said, make disciples of all nations. And will you go to the next slide? So the word nations, in Greek it means ethne, which also means people groups. So when Jesus said nations, he meant people groups. A lot of times when we think of nations, we think of a country. Um, but he was, also, he was actually talking about us reaching a people group. I have a scratch in the back of my throat. I'm not really sure why it's there. I'm sorry for uh, having to clear my throat over and over. <clears throat> Maybe it's the fan. Okay. <clears throat> so uh, will you go to the next slide? How many people groups are there in the world? There's 17,423. Um, and that's counting like <clears throat> in the whole earth. And how many of these people groups are unreached? I'm sorry. 7,402. And unreached means that they've never heard about Jesus. Um, it means that they, don't have, they haven't had an opportunity to hear. They haven't had an opportunity to be cre- connected to their creator, um, to the person who loves them so much. Um, and that's 42% of the earth. Will you go to the next slide? Um, so in, in that uh, 7,402 people groups, there's 3.22 billion people um, in that unreached uh, portion. So that means there's 3.22 billion people who have never had the opportunity to even hear about Jesus. And I don't know about you, but that, that uh, pricks my heart. They've never had the chance to hear uh, that means they're, unless someone comes and tells them that they're not going to be going to heaven, um, and not only heaven, they won't have a good opportunity, or they probably won't have a good life while they're here on the earth. So um, we go to the next picture. This is a little boy that I met when I was in India in 2018. <clears throat> um so just to give you a picture of where we were at, we were in a market. This is when we were doing street ministry one day. <clears throat> and um, I'm going to take another sip of water real fast. Maybe. <clears throat> Do you ever get that dry patch in your throat that doesn't go away? I'll take that from you real fast. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, so we were in a market, and when we go overseas, we have a drama that we do, and it's really it's geared towards children. So when you do ministry to children, that means everyone can understand. <clears throat> so we were sharing the gospel with them, 
And we even asked them, have you ever heard of this Jesus before? And none of them said yes. They did not know who we were talking about. Um, So in this moment, I actually, I was, I did cry. Um, I mean, even looking at this little boy, uh, I don't think you can tell in this picture, but he has snot um, crested on his face. He had a fly that was landing on him. And the sad thing was he never even, he didn't flinch when flies would land on him. It was normal to him um, to have a fly on him just because of the living situation. Um, So his physical, the physical uh, look of this little boy pricked my heart, but also the fact that he had never heard about Jesus before pricked my heart. Um, And you know, if our team had not come there, who would have came there to tell him? Um, and then there's also adults in this crowd. It's not just because he was young that he had never heard, but there's also adults. We go to the next picture. Um, see, here's some more of the crowd. There's some adults up there. And we go to the next one. Uh, here we have a card trick that we do. And the middle card to the audience, it looks like the King of Hearts card, but when they pull it out and turn it around, it's a picture of Jesus. So we asked them, do you want Jesus to be the King of your heart? And um, everyone there said yes, and they prayed the prayer of salvation, and it was awesome. Yes. So this is, this is why we have to go. This is the need. Um, I wanted to show you these pictures to give you a face of the unreached people. Um, will you go to the next one? So most of the unreached people live in the 1040 window. Um, It's the area of Northern Africa, India, Bangladesh, uh, many countries in Asia. And um, I think there's a video that's next. Can we play that video? It'll give you a picture of the 1040. Every time I see the country names on that last part of the video, it, uh, it pricks my heart. It makes me really want to go. And um, it reminds me of the need. It reminds me of who the people are that we need to reach. Um, So the reason, actually, can we turn to uh, Matthew 24? So Matthew 24, we're going to read in verse 14. Um, But the reason there's this many unreached people is because there's a limited number of missionaries who are actually going to these places. And uh, there's not very many churches in these areas, as you can probably tell. And uh, most of the time, or since it's stopping now, but there hasn't been that much, uh, that many finances going to these places. But we are changing that. You, River Church, are changing that. Since January, you have been supporting me, and I'm actually going to Thailand this fall, where there are a lot of unreached people, and I cannot wait to tell you the results from that. Um, So Matthew 24, verse 14. Let's see. Matthew 24, verse 14, it says... And the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it, and then the end will come. So we have a job to do before the end of uh, our reign on this earth. We 
our job is to preach to the whole world so that all nations will hear. Um, and then I also want to read to you in Acts 1. Acts 1 in verse 6 through 8. It says, So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, The Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, and Samaria, in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Um, I know for many of us, we do wonder, uh, you know, when is, when is the end of the world? And it seems like it's going to be soon. And even the, even the disciples here, they're asking Jesus, is now the time? And he said, no, now is not the time. And it's not for you to know. But I think he's telling us here, you know, instead of being focused on when the end of the world is, we need to be focused on sharing the gospel, being his witnesses, telling people about him everywhere to the ends of the earth. Yeah. Um, so will you go to the next slide? So reason three that we should have a sense of urgency is because Jesus is worthy. And I think all of us can agree on this fact, that Jesus is worthy. Um, in Revelations 5, verse uh, 7. Revelations 5, verse 7 through 9. It says, um, he stepped forward and took the scroll from the right hand of the one sitting on the throne. And when he took the scroll, the four living beings and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp and they held gold bowls filled with incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song with these words. You are worthy to take the scroll and break its seals and open it. For you are slaughtered, and your blood has ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. So when Jesus died on the cross, and before he was even on the cross, he suffered so much for you and me, but he also suffered for every single people group, for every nation, for every skin color, for every tribe and tongue. So he, Jesus, his sacrifice, that it is worthy for us to share this gospel, to share this good news with every tribe and language and people. Um, yes, that first gets me fired up. <laughs> um, so we go to the next one. So why should we have a sense of urgency? Number one, because we have been commanded. And number two, because there is a need. And number three, because Jesus is worthy. Will you go to the next? Um, so how can we be involved with the Great Commission? Um, you know, I, I want to say we have to fight for this sense of urgency. It doesn't come easy to just, um, you know, after hearing this message, if we don't keep this constantly uh, before us, it will, it will eventually fade away from our memories. Um, for me, you know, 
Before this year, I didn't really have to fight for my sense of urgency because I was going overseas so much. Um, but this year, I haven't been able to because of the coronavirus. So I have had to fight for my sense of urgency. Um, I can relate to people now who haven't, who don't always go overseas. Um, but one thing you can do, you can research the Joshua Project website. So it's joshuaproject.net. Um, that's where I got the facts about the unreached people from. Um, you can go to that website and research different countries, see what the progress scale is of who's being reached, who's not being reached. And um, yeah, there's even facts about um, Bibles being translated and it's, it's really amazing. Will you go to the next one? We can pray. Um, so we can pray for um, we can pray for your own heart. Uh, is the next slide a Bible verse or picture? Pictures? Will you go to those pictures? So um, these two pictures they were taken taken in Bangladesh, and um, it was in the van. We were going to our next ministry site, and I remember I remember just looking out and. Uh, in my head, I was thinking, God, I know for sure these people have never heard about you. And um, in that moment, I asked him to, um, I said, God, please break my heart for, for what breaks yours and help me to never forget these faces that I'm seeing. Um, help me to never forget the way I feel right now in this van. And it's coming back to me right now. Um, but yeah, so... As Christians, we can pray and ask God to have this same sense of urgency. We can ask him to um, help us see people who need him. Even here in Alabama, you can ask him, bring people in my path that I can share the gospel with. Um, bring people in my path that I can pray for. Maybe um, it could be homeless people, like Pastor Billings was saying. It could be uh, your cashier or your server at a restaurant that you need to pray for. Uh, even your neighbor, you could bless them with something. Um, we go to the next one. And so Matthew 9, verse 36. I'm going to go to that real fast. So Matthew 9, verse 36. I'm actually going to start in verse 35, but I know it's not up there, but I'll go ahead and read it. Um, it says, Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he, he, he healed every kind of disease and illness. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And he said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. So another way we can pray is asking God to send more people into the harvest fields. Um, we go to the next slide. And the third, re the third way that we can be involved is we can go and we can also send. Um, I, if you can, I would encourage you to go on a mission trip. Um, if you have family, you can even take your family on mission trips. We, I go with Global Ventures, and um, if you want to, after the service, we can talk, and I can tell you about our trips that we are going to go on next year and uh, get you connected with us, and we would love for you to come with us. 
Um, and you, another way is also sending. Um, River Church, you do send me, and I am so thankful for that. Um, you can always be a part of the Great Commission by sending. Um, my, I think my favorite, one of my favorite part about missions is the partnership aspect. Um, so even if you're not overseas, you have a part of the Great Commission if you're sending someone. So I love to put it this way. Um, because you go to this church and because you give, uh, there's going to be people in heaven that you've never met before who are thanking you for giving. Um, there's going to be people from Thailand, the trip that I'm about to go on. You, y'all have sewn into that trip. So one day when you're in heaven, there's going to be Thai people who are going to come up to you and say, thank you for giving. My name is so-and-so. And because of your gift, I am now in heaven with you today. Yes. Um, it's... Yeah, partnership is so much more than just giving. It's having a part in the Great Commission. Um, Will you go to the next one? So, yes, this fall on October 25th, I'm going to Thailand. I'll be there for two months, October 25th through December 13th. And I'll be there to be part of our pre-trip team, which is where we go about two weeks early and set up for um, our team to get there. We'll go into schools and uh, we'll meet with directors, tell them about our program and set up a time for our teams to come back. Um, We set up for the crusades and we also get the hotels ready. So I get to be a part of that. I get to be a part of the team trip. And then I'll also be there for the post trip, which is where we follow up with all the new believers. And we also train the churches that we're working with in that area to do the same things. Um, we, we actually have a curriculum that we've made also that um, the, we give the churches, we show them how to, um, how to lead the new believers with it, and um, it just keeps on multiplying after we leave. So I get to be a part of that, um, and so the amount that's still needed for this trip is $1,850, and, um, you know, I want to... You already have a monthly part in this trip with me, but I want to invite you to pray with me uh, and believe with me that this amount will be taken care of. And I want you also to uh, believe with me that the uh, borders of Thailand will be open again. Um, Because of coronavirus, they have shut them down for now, but we are believing that they will open and that we will be able to go and preach the gospel. Will you go to the next slide? So next year, I have the opportunity to go on seven Global Ventures projects. And the financial goal for that is $25,120. The reason there's seven for next year is because I was supposed to go on three trips this summer, but they are moved to next year because of the coronavirus. Um, But we're also still doing the same amount that we would normally do in a year. So that adds up to seven projects. I know for sure I'm going to Peru, Ecuador, Albania, and I'll also be going to other Asia and Latin America countries, and I can share that information with you in September. Um, And another goal that I have is to have 30 monthly partners at the start of 2021. And this says that I'm at uh, it says currently at 13 monthly partners, but I'm actually at 15 now. Yeah, yeah thank you, Lord. Um, and y'all are part of that 15. I'm so thankful. Um, yes, so if you want to stay connected, I would love to. I have a, 
a sheet like this on the back table back there that has uh, places where you can fill in your information. Um, every f a few times a year, I'll send out a newsletter, and I also do emails just to keep you updated. And uh, just from speaking with you all today, one-on-one, um, -on -one, it's been awesome to meet you, and uh, so I'd love to keep in touch this way also. Um, yeah, if you have any questions after this service, I'd love to talk to you, get to know you more. Um, if you want to go on a trip, I'd love to talk to you about that too. And um, I think that's all I have. Yeah, is it okay if I pray real fast? Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for all that you've given us. I thank you that I got to come and uh, preach today at River Church. Um, you know, uh, this is such an awesome church, God, and I thank you that you are blessing them. I thank you that their cup runs over. Um, they, I thank you that they never lack a thing, especially because they have a part in the Great Commission. And the Great Commission is the number one thing on your heart. So I thank you that because they have a part of that, they are abundantly blessed more than that they could ever think or ask. I thank you for... Um, I thank you that this this message that the the um, the number of the unreached people that it sticks with them that it pricks their hearts and that they have a heart to reach the lost. Thank you, Lord, that um, you know I already just from speaking to these people one on one. I know that their hearts are tender towards you, but I thank you that they become even more tender um, and that they remember they remember the Great Commission and why it's important, why, we, why there is a need. Um, and God, I thank you for Pastor Billings and also Pastor Deborah. I thank you that, I thank you for their relationship. I thank you that um, they support me and I thank you for blessing their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. You got something to add? Don't promise that, brother. I just wanted to thank God, uh, one, for the opportunity that we had to be here today. But I want to share a testimony real quick. I've had, uh, I've been on about eight different mission trips and had the opportunity to go with Emily on two. We've been to uh, India first, then we went to Bangladesh. It was my second trip to Bangladesh. But I wanted to share a quick testimony to give you a, an illustration of what it really means when you've been to a place where nobody's ever heard of Jesus, you know, and the world that we live in, it's, it seems almost impossible. How could somebody live in this world and have never heard Jesus or never know about Jesus? But it really is true. What she shared with you is a fact, and I've seen it firsthand. I want to give you a visual illustration or mental, I guess it would be, because we don't have anything to look at other than maybe me giving you some motions. But uh, when I went to Bangladesh with a GV, I've been twice, and you have many different hats you wear. You, you, know, you may be preaching the gospel one night. The next night, you may be working security. I've been a clown where I was soaking wet head to toe and was a clown all day, but it's, just, it's, it's an amazing opportunity to be a part because you know each part is getting the gospel to people that have never heard. Well, real quick, the story I want to share to give you this idea. We were in a night crusade. And the picture was actually up here where she was on the stage and it was showing the, the canopy. Well, there was about 10,000 to estimated 10 to 15,000 people in that crowd. And what happened that night, it just kept growing and it kept growing and it kept growing. And the temperature was just 
90 plus degrees humidity was probably 100 percent and uh the people just kept coming and kept coming well the reason the canopy was there is because it was raining the night before and they kept coming and they kept coming even in the rain standing and listening to the gospel well in that one canopy area that you saw there there was about 2,000 people just under that canopy because we counted them and crammed inside of that canopy i was working security that particular night and i was down front and we were trying to contain the people behind the bamboo fence that had been built and the body heat was so tremendous. Now, I'm just giving you real quick a, a, a visual of what we're talking about. The body heat coming from those people was so tremendous. When the wind would blow, it felt like a heater blowing. And you could feel it. I was standing in front, and the wind would blow through, and the body heat coming was just so, it was just, and the people were there wanting to hear the gospel, and they were so hot, and the sweat, and the, and the children were becoming uh, heat exhausted, you know, having heat exhaustion from the heat. Well, they were having to take the children out and get them out of the crowd because they were starting to collapse. And then the children were looking for their parents. Where, where are my parents? So then we were trying to find the parents. We'd pick the child up and say, you know, like, who, is this your child? And then we'd do like a body surfing. We would pass them from over the top of the crowd to get them back, back to their parents. And uh, anyway, that, that's just part of it. Well, we get into the crusade, and when the gospel's being preached, uh, the Global Ventures we showed was a huge screen on the side, on t both sides of the, of the stage, and it shows the passion of the Christ. And you're familiar with the movie, The Passion of Christ. And what it does, when it gets to the part where he's being crucified, then as we preach, it goes right step by step. They've picked out different clips that portray. So every way that you could imagine the gospel to be portrayed is shown. So people say, well, how can you go in a country and, you know, and, and just kind of blast them with the gospel and believe that they get saved? Well, I want to tell you, from start to finish, the gospel is presented in so many ways. The time that we're finished, they have no doubt of who Jesus is, what he did, what he accomplished, and a way to receive him. So... This is, this is what I want you to get a hold of right here. I'm working the projector, showing the passion of the Christ. There's 10 to 15,000 people out. I've got my back up to the bamboo fence, and we're constantly trying to keep people from crawling, you know, kids crawling through and different things going on, walking in front of the camera. Well, the people's behind me, and the gospel's being preached. I'm not even sure. I know she was doing part of the gospel that night. I'm not sure if you were doing the actual salvation part, but I'm standing down working the projector with a group of other people, and all of a sudden, on the Passion of the Christ part, where Jesus is being crucified and nailed to the cross, they've got him laying on the ground, if you remember this part, and his arm goes out, and Jesus' eyes, I'm going to try not to get emotional here, Jesus' eyes looks out at his arm, and he's watching the soldiers put the nail into his hand, and he's watching it as the hammer is being driven into his hand. Now, I want to tell you what happened. Now, us, we've seen the movie, and yes, it, emotionally, it gets to us, and sometimes I even know people that won't even watch it because they think it's too gruesome. But I've, I experienced this firsthand as I, my back is to the crowd and I'm watching it myself. Well, when the nail comes down and it touches the palm of his hand in the movie, the nail touches the skin and it slides across. And when it gets to the middle of the palm, palm it stands up as they begin to drive the nail in. Well, when the nail hit the palm of the hand and slid across, I heard 15,000 people gasp for air that they couldn't believe what was about to happen. And it so touched my heart that I realized that I'm right in the middle of the will of God on this particular day, away from my family, 90 plus degree heat, soaking wet, doing what I'm doing because these people have not heard about the gospel of Jesus Christ and what he's done for them already. It's already been done, already been accomplished, but they didn't know. And when that nail slid across their hand and I heard the air being sucked out of that field and the gasp that they had because they did not know. So I wanted to share that quick testimony to let you know that it, it really is true that there's people 
in those areas that have never heard, they don't know, they don't understand what Jesus has already done. He's already finished it, accomplished it, but they have to hear. How can they hear without a preacher? So somebody has to go. And it touches my heart that uh, so much proud father that she's accepted that call, that she's going as part of my heart. And uh, thank God for the partnership that you have with her and uh, for the heart that Pastor Billings has for the lost. And we thank you for the opportunity we've had to, to come today. We love you, Pastor Billings, Miss Deborah. We love you all. Thank Amen. you. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, man. Well, there's nothing else to say. I will tell you this, though, in going in, in this is that the reason you were raised right, however that turned out, was not just so you could get through that life, but so that you could be a blessing to the society and to your parents and your siblings and other people. There was a cost to get us raised. If you've ever been around people that didn't get the cost to get raised, you know what a blessing it is to be raised. And same thing in the kingdom. We're healed, so we'll be healthy to do the kingdom. We're prosperous. Why are, why are you and I not, why didn't we get born in Bangladesh? You go, well, and, and, and why are you who you are? Educated and got a good job and driving right and going home right. You're not special. I'm not special. It's just that that's how it fell. But we have no more right to it than anyone else. So our job is to help them with the gospel. They say that prosperity gospel does not work overseas, that in these poor countries, that the gospel does not work because they're poor. But I promise you that's a lie. It's not true. The gospel works no matter where and who and the backdrop. It is not a gospel of convenience. So we're going to give this morning. You just, we're spiritual people. So you'll know what to do. You'll measure yourself and you'll be in faith. And it'll turn out amazing, both for Emily. Now, her needs are met, and I say that because she's in faith. Her father's in faith. So it's not like, but I want to be in it. I want to be in this ministry. I, I would have loved to have spent my life as a missionary. But I, for whatever reason, and I know a bunch of them, I never could go. But I did want to send some people. You know, Joe Morris, he says, if you can't go, send Joe. <laughs> <laughs> it's not quite as catchy to say if you can't go send Emily <laughs> but that's what we'll do this morning amen so Joey's gonna give you an envelope and uh, if you're making a check out make it to River Church and then we'll put it in the River Church account and then write her a check out if you need an envelope this morning raise your hand everybody already got one did you already do this Joey amen Now, after this service, if you want to continue giving to Emily, you know, there's a lot of ways we could set this up, but the best way is for you just to send it to her. Just be one of her partners. How about the double? She has 15, she needs 30. How about the double before 2021? You know, that's just a few months away. Yes, amen, there it came. Amen. So... Uh, I'm going to be one of your partners, Emily. 
not just River Church. I'm going to be one of your partners. So we notch 16 right there. Now, what you do, do in faith. That means do it with expectancy. That's all that means, do it with expectancy. The Word says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 that He gives seed to the sower. So there's a grace on this. It's not going to cost you anything except to get in faith. This is not like, well, we're going to have to do without and we're going to have to cut back here. That is not how the kingdom works. There's a grace to do His business. But there's got to be faith to get into grace. So we just do that. I just right now say, this, is, this isn't going to hurt. This is going to help. Lord, we thank you this morning for the gift of God in Matt and Emily Davis. We thank you for raising them up. And Lord, we want to be a part of the harvest that they're in. So Lord, we release our faith for this seed to cause the gospel to be sent to places and peoples that we are personally self cannot reach, but Lord, we become, we become omnipresent. This offering makes me go into Bangladesh. This puts me in Peru. This puts me in, in Albania. Lord, I thank you for this seed putting me all over the world. And Lord, I thank you for the harvest on it. It is great. And we give you praise for your servant, your, your daughter, Emily, being strengthened by your might in her inner man, that she is healthy, she is healed, whole, and healthy, and Lord, she has an income (laughs) that is a demonstration of the kingdom. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I hate for y'all to get out before 12. I just can't stand it. Uh huh. Well, let's do something here. I got up early this morning, and I knew. Actually, I went to before I went to bed last night. I knew there'd be a word for Emily. Does anybody have an utterance for her? If you would, just stand up, and she'll look at you, and we'll hear it. Anybody got anything, either a tongue or a prophetic word? And as I have raised you up, saith the Lord, I will raise you up again and I will send you out. This day is the day of equipping. That you have been to school, you have, you have tested your wings, you have set your heart, and so now, saith the Lord, I will send you out. And I, saith Lord, will take you and use you in ways that you have not yet imagined or thought. Much, much more than what you could do naturally, so will I endue you with grace for this hour. And I will open doors, saith the Lord, that you had not thought. For your mind would have been overwhelmed, you would have been set back, but saith the Lord, now with this grace, you'll not only be willing, but you'll be a demonstrator of those that are yet to be willing. So I will put you in charge, saith God, of others. I will have you lead them in a way that your youth would belie. 
But despise not your youth, saith the Lord. Despise not your small beginning. For I will take you, I will loose you, and I will release you into these nations. And I will cause the seed that you are to bring a harvest of others that will likewise go with you and go because of you. And I will set that in motion, saith the Lord, for my end time harvest. And it will be a quick work and it will not be limited to those that are physically in a place or physically uh, bring the gospel. I will cause the technology of this day to be expedited and be exponential in this hour. So rise up, saith the Lord. Be of good cheer, for this is your best day. And this is a life worth living. This is a life worthy of the kingdom. And I will use you, saith the Lord, in your humility to be raised up among men in this day, saith the Lord. Amen. 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 Woohoo! Yay. Yay, yay, yay. Amen. Well, glory to God. Yay. Yay. Well, amen. I just realized that we are that church that, that uh, we're happy about giving. It's taken a lot of years. I'm not taking credit, but I'll say that I have been teaching the word on prosperity for over 40 years. And the fruit of it is, is not to me, but there's believers. And I tell you by the unction of the Holy Ghost. This is the hour, saith the Lord, that you'll be able to kick over and see the increase that your seed has sown unto. And you will see, saith the Lord, opportunities, doors, and windows that will open to you that you never dreamed and no one could predict. But they will come unto you, saith the Lord, and you will be quick to embrace them. You will enter into the work of them, and a great increase in your life and of the kingdom will be the result. So it will not be as usual. It will not be as it has been, saith the Lord. But your seed has changed your future, and your faith has caused you to possess that which you could not know in your own mind. I will use you, saith God, in this hour, for you have shown yourself faithful unto me, and I will make you master over much unto me. And you will be used in this day not only of yourself, but to lead others and to be a demonstration of that which I have brought unto you that you have received. And it is a glorious time, saith God. It is the time that you were created for. It is the hour that you were made for. It is the moment that will, that will define your calling from the foundation of the earth. It is happening, saith God. It will be glorious in my eyes, and it will be a wonder in yours, saith the Lord. Well, amen. amen. Could he, let's just rejoice a little bit that, uh, that this is our best hour. Hallelujah. It's not bad. It's good. It's better than ever. Hallelujah. We praise God. Amen. Well, I'm serious. I can't let you up for 12. <laughs> I can. I, that's not it. But does anybody have our company of the committed? Does anybody not have one? Raise your hand if you don't know what this is. Here the Joey the Davises need one. Everybody have one over here? Now we're talking about the new and renewed. 
renew and revised. If you had, Deborah Ann said she didn't get one last week and she tried to follow along and it was the old. But this is the new and updated. So we read uh, one and two last week. We're going to read together three and four today. Now this is stout. Talked to you about it last week. This is stout. This is not for the faint-hearted. This isn't for the, uh, the uh, it's not for those. So we just embrace it by faith. Call things that be not. Declare of yourselves what the word says about you. I have scripture for every single sentence, every single word of this. So uh, three diamonds and four diamonds, let's read it together just as we go out this morning victorious. Ready, read. I no longer need any preeminence, promotions, plaudits, popularity, or things to verify my life. I don't have to be first, right, recognized, praised, remembered, rewarded, or regarded in order to experience his joy. I now live from faith to faith, depend on his presence, desire his glory, love with all patience, pray in every breath, do all things through Christ, serve with his power, and exercise his authority on this earth. My retirement is heaven, and in so going, my face is set, my pace is fast, my road is narrow, my way is rough, my companions are few, my guide is reliable, and my mission is so clear. I will not be bought out, distracted by detours, entangled by any weight, lured or enticed away, drawn back, compromised, deceived or delayed. I will not blink, stagger or vacillate in the face of sacrifice, hesitate in the presence of adversity, negotiate at the table of the enemy, ponder at the pool of popularity or meander in the of mediocrity. And then the very, very last line on there that's in red, let's say this. No exceptions, no excuses right now. That's who we are. May not have feelings that line up with that. May not have a, uh, a strong boldness that says, oh, yeah, I could say that in my sleep. It may be rather intimidating. I tell you, it, uh, it sets me back all the time. And I realize things that have slipped and that are a little, a little light. But it's who he wants us to be. And it's who we've been made to be. So I bless you now in the name of Jesus. I thank you for allowing the seed of his word and this testimony with Emily to be planted in you. I pray it would grow, it would be nurtured, it would be watered, and that it would bear much fruit. And that in this seed today, that it's not just words, it's certainly not just a service and not a speaker, but it's the will of God that we should know as much as those people would know Jesus, we would know about the call on us to share Jesus. And so I send you out that in the field, in the harvest, you would be bold, we would be bold, we would be so bold, and we would see the results that the word promises. We give you praise, Lord, for helping us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. Go back to the table. 
if you would, if you want to sign up or, or whatever, she, uh, she'd like to send you something.